take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi. This is Season 4, Chapter 6.5, a special. Uh, the special today is going to be about clowning and comedy for balloon artists with Uri Weiss. But before that, this show is sponsored by Brody's Balloons and the Chicago event, which comes back to Chicago in the 18th and 19th of July. So Chicago event 2.0, 18th and 19th of July. The dates are settled. I'm going to teach in Chicago in Brody's Balloons for two days. One day will be oriented about business and decor. The other day will be oriented about upsells and about uh, twisting. And in both days, there will be new, unique content that I'm going to release uh, in Chicago, in the Chicago event 2.0 with Brody's Balloons in Brody's Balloons. So check that out. You will have more details on the Facebook group, the Balloon Artist Facebook group, and on the Brody's Balloons page soon enough. For now, let's go right into the interview with Uri Weiss. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and today is a special. Today's topic is about clowning and comedy, and I think you'll be surprised by the end of the chapter about how much comedy and clowning is something that you can implement in a balloon business like I do. So before uh, we go into the actual interview, I just want to share with you a quick story. You know, I was uh, passionate about comedy uh, in a very odd way. I had a kind of a traumatic experience where in the age of 21 or so, I tried my luck with comedy in a stand-up scenario. I went to an open mic night and I practiced for months on the, this uh, number or, or basically just a few jokes uh, that I was planning to deliver. And uh, back then I didn't really know how important practice is. And I went into the stage, delivered my bit and totally crushed. No one laughed for my jokes and like except for one guy which i admitted the failure and told him wow thank you for laughing but at the end of that night i had the worst headaches of my life and that headache that nemesis headache made me actually be even more passionate about eventually overcoming my fears and practicing performances arts and eventually that led me to become an entertainer for kids and to find my own place in entertainment. During all of those years that I was entertaining kids for the last 10 years, I was actually very fascinated about improving my ability to improvise and improving my ability to make also the adults laugh for many, many reasons as well as business reasons. So I've invested time in the last couple of years on learning clowning. And now, uh, by, by no means do I see myself as a, as a master of those topics. I'm totally a student, but I can see the differences after applying some schooling on the topic of comedy and on the topic of clowning and how you can actually improve your ability to be in funny situations and to have 
people around you laugh. So the interviewee of this special is a master of comedy and a master of teaching comedy, someone that has been learning from the best of the best and practicing the art of uh, street performances, clowning and circus shows for uh, 20 years now and more. I would like to introduce to you the wonderful, the talented Uri Weiss. Hello, Uri. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. It, uh, woo, let's do it. Yay. For, for start, let us share a little bit about your journey in comedy and what type of performances do you do? Can you tell us a bit about that? Okay, I started doing street show when I was 14, just to make some money in the summer holidays. And I, I failed a lot, but I made some money and I had a lot of fun. So I kept on doing it. And when I was 21, I went to Europe and I studied with Jacques Lecoq. I was very fortunate to learn with Jacques Lecoq himself because he passed away a year, six months after I graduated from his school. So uh, yeah, looking back at it, it's, uh, it was very privileged to learn with a, with a legendary genius, which, which he was. Uh, after that, I traveled Europe and did a lot, a lot of street shows. Again, failed a lot, but also made enough money to keep on moving. And, uh, and tasting failure in the street is very, very important. Later, I, I joined a circus and uh, worked as a circus clown in uh, French. In France, the name of the, of the circus is Bouglion. It's a good and uh, important circus in, in France, in Paris. Uh, I, I worked there, but I did not enjoy myself so much. It was a very important lesson for me that I want to do my own comedy and I want to do my own decision about what is funny. And I rather fail doing my own stuff than succeeding doing other people's point of view. Uh, since then, I've been, yeah, I've been traveling the world for uh, about 20 years, doing my own shows, my own comedy, and, uh, and loving every minute of it. I think it's so amazing that I can travel the world, make people laugh, uh, doing uh, physical work, physical acrobatic, doing it with my wife. I, I can't imagine a better life. I just... I just hope I can keep on doing it. It's it's amazing. Maybe maybe the 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 next level is really to to teach more to to pass on the the lifestyle. Fascinating. And uh, you've been teaching in workshops, clowns, and also in team management events and gigs. And you have a very interesting clowning workshop that I was lucky enough to be a student of. Tell us a little bit about what is the concept of your clowning workshop when you do it live. I think basically the, the main idea behind the clowning workshop and behind clowning itself is being authentic, is being connected with yourself, being connected with yourself in the present, like the way you feel now. Because also yourself is something that is constantly changing, the way you are in different situations, the way you are when you're alone, the way you are with, when you're in a duo on stage. Also, it depends who is your duo, the way you are with a group, depend on your situation. You feel different things in different moments, and you react and your your personality is echoing outside to the public so you're not playing a character you're playing yourself and this sounds easy because for example kids 
when they're young, this is what they do. They're playing their self. They're not acting. They're never acting. They're only playing themselves. And us as adults, it's, uh, it's very hard for us to find this reality, to live inside this reality of living in the present, just feeling and reacting, not thinking, just doing it. Uh, but with practice, with clowning uh, exercises, we, we are entering this world more and more and we're getting to realize and to know this situation, this reality. And with time, we understand our character more and more because we meet him more and more once we're playing, once we're doing clowning. Um, and so the process of, of your workshop was actually a, a seven-day workshop where you actually start from wearing a white mask and basically trying to uh, act as a, like a neutral person with no personality. But uh, during those seven days, you play and you find out all kinds of characteristics about, about the way you walk and the way you, you move and what's funny in your specific personality and what's uh, interesting and funny in, in each of every one of us is totally different. Uh, can you share with us your uh, experience as a teacher, how different is funny from different people? Wow, there's a lot to say about it. The whole method comes from movement. Uh, the physical theater is different than a the classic theater because um, It doesn't come with a text. It doesn't come with a director. It comes from playing, from improvisation and from movement. So we start with a neutral mask where the idea is to try to keep your movement as pure as possible, not to put your own self, your own personality into the movement, to move it aside and to keep your movement as clean and pure as you can. This is also a hard process, but uh, not impossible. We do it more and more and more and we find we, we get as as natural as the neutral as we can then later we look at what we move to the side and what we move to the side is our personality and from those things that we move to the side we start to create clown uh, the way we start to touch it is we're, that we're playing children games very very basic children games because then the conscious stop thinking and is just busy playing he's doing things he's busy And then the subconscious rise to surface and starts to behave, to act. When the subconscious rise to the surface, when the conscious is busy playing, we catch the clown because he's there. He's there. He's, uh, he's playing. Your clown is you when you're enjoying yourself and when you're playing. So we start with the playing games. We let the character, we let your subconscious rise. We catch the clown when he's, when he's rising on surface. And then we start to mark behaviors. Each and every one acts differently and we start to mark it. Then we put some clothes on, some uh, comical clothes on. We don't get now into the details because it's, it will never end. And we start to, to build, to create each different personality, each different clown. We make some solo exercises, which are really difficult because we fail a lot. But the clown exists in the failure. The clown doesn't exist in the success. In the success, when you're trying to juggle, you juggle. You're a juggler, you're a performer. Your clown exists just before you juggle or when you're trying to juggle or when you fail to juggle. It's the same about balloon making. Once you're making the balloon, you're busy. You're making the balloon. Your clown is there before and after and, and through when you're having problems. So we fail a lot. 
another thing that we're dealing a lot in clowning workshop is failure and success when we're succeeding we're showing and we're celebrating the success like children when we are failing we are present in the failure we're not trying to go through it we're not trying to run away from it we are present in the failure because there the clown will come there with the comedy will come from the tragedy so we go a lot through tragedy we are diving into tragedy uh, to mark the clown and comedy rises it's beautiful moments then we work as duo comedy uh, and clown in groups uh, then the last part of the workshop is we're building numbers this is also a very complicated issue I, I don't I don't think I'll get into it now but uh, I think clown without a number clown that just filled the clown but doesn't perform with it is uh, it's it's sad it's empty so it's crucial to understand how to build number how to perform your skill skill can be anything from a cartwheel to a balloon anything can be a skill the thing is not about the skill is about how you present it I think that this is actually something that is very interesting for balloon artists because we as balloon artists we work with people we work a lot with kids but not only with kids and we we don't like this feeling of being a balloon machine we want to give actual entertainment value and we see the smiles of the kids when they get that wonderful balloon from us but actually Uh, we want the rest of the kids to be entertained as well at the same time. Now, there were, there's a lot of ways to do that with playing with the game, uh, like a guessing game or a challenges game with the kids. But uh, another way is to have some sort of a numbers or a few numbers that you built into your gig, into your line work or your restaurant work and building that number, this clowning number is something that... It's not easy. There's a process of how to do it. And we are trying to actually create like an online resource, a course that will teach you how to go through the process of understanding what is a clown, understanding what is a number, how you build one, seeing many examples of different clowns from all around the world and how they manage to create a number which is funny and understanding comedy and when comedy happens and just like you said Uri you don't really encourage people to try to be funny why is that I think when you're trying to be funny you're failing a uh, clown is not a stand-up comedian clown is not somebody there to be funny clown is busy he's busy making a balloon he's busy doing juggling he's busy And comedy comes behind when he's not trying to be funny. It's always amazing when you do clowning workshop that the first time people laugh, you as a clown, you're surprised by the laughter. You, you don't understand what do they laugh about because you didn't do anything. They don't laugh about what you're doing. They're laughing because you are a funny personality. They're laughing because your, your bones are funny. Your inside is funny. They're laughing because life is funny, because it's human to laugh. Only human laugh. It's human to laugh. So we're trying to understand that what we do as clowns is we create a good atmosphere for comedy to come over, for miracles to happen, for comic situation to arrive. So when you're doing a balloon lines or working with people, first of all, you got to remember that you are responsible for the atmosphere. 
and you can create a nice, a open, playful atmosphere. If you create the right atmosphere around you, comedy will come. You don't have to do funny. Funny is there. You just have to give it focus, to breathe, to let it be, to let it happen, to not force the situation. Comedy is there all the time when you're working with people, when you're working with kids. It's there. Just let it be. I think as a clown, your responsible is to create the right atmosphere and to remember that people, all the people, everybody likes to play, not to act to play. This is something that we got from evolution. We like to play. We play to learn how to be better humans. This is why uh, mammals play. This is something that we have inside of us. And uh, we love to come back, to go back to our childhood behavior and play. Uh, everybody likes to play. We just need to tickle the playing personality in people and in kids. We just need to tickle them, to play, to, to make them, uh, come on, let's play. Woo! And it will come by itself if you create the right atmosphere. If you open with people, if you give people chance to play, they will, they will always play. You just need to be there and to be open. It's also good to have in your pocket a lot of uh, tricks and games and gags just in case, just when the energy drops, just to make people beginning, begin to play. It's good to have a lot of small magic, small uh, gags with balloons and uh, small uh, things that you go back to. I want to talk about those funny bones because that's something that some people are afraid. Maybe I'm not funny. Maybe I cannot change my own bones. But in your workshop, you talk about, you know, what... is funny in every single one of us which is deeper inside you just need to to be willing to be to expose yourself to find out what is funny about you and you get that through the games and also you talk about the, the three characteristics of what is a clown and by understanding you know what is funny in you and being honest with it you manage to actually be in a situation where funny things happen around you and it feels authentic it feels right um, so even me myself I don't find myself like a funny person that goes around and does jokes all the time but the clown in me make people uh, laugh around me which is a very nice experience so I want to also ask you about your experience with balloons because I noticed how one of your shows the human God show it has a, a couple of things that are even with a climb inside balloon so can you share us your experience in life with balloons Ooh, uh, there's a lot to do with clownings and balloons uh, it's something very basic something it's a little magic that uh, all kids love and uh, all adults love it's like oh balloon there is something very good clowny about it but again the balloon itself is not funny the people the person who makes the balloon is not funny the situation is funny comedy is out there you just need to be open and let it happen we talked before about the three elements of clown those three elements are honesty naivety and pleasure if you think about it also kids when you think what's funny about kids why kids are funny uh, kids I'm talking like four years old five years old I think in the age of eight there starts to lose their real this mega innocent part of them first of all those little kids they are very honest they say sometimes th- horrible things but they're so honest 
They're so honest that they're funny. Second of all, they're naive. They're naive. We love the naive. Again, the clown is not a stand-up comedian. The stand-up comedian is not naive. The stand-up comedian is clever. The clown is not clever. He's very simple. He's always in the present. If he's angry, he's angry. If he's sad, he's sad. If he's happy, he's happy. And it can be changed like this. Tak, 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 tak. We know it with kids. Kids can go from crying to laughter to crying to laughter in a second. They are in their present. They are naive and we love them for that. The clown need love. And the last thing is pleasure. If we enjoy ourselves, the public, the audience enjoy us. We create the atmosphere. We need to remember it. So... This is also something that we can uh, concentrate before we start to perform. Because we cannot really concentrate on being honest. It's, it's too big. It's something that will come with, with the experience. Also, it's hard for us to practice to be naive. This is also something that happens, comes with practicing. But we can definitely remember that it's all about pleasure. That we love to perform. We love to play. We love to make people laugh. And uh, it's fun. It's fun. And if we enjoy it, if we come with an inside smile, we can create the right atmosphere of pleasure and other people will enjoy it as well. So I say again, the three basic elements of clown, honesty, naivety, and pleasure. This you can uh, implement with the balloon making, with the any, 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 any kind of uh, performance. You know, uh, Jacques Lecoq once said, There are many good act actors who are horrible clowns, but you don't have any clown that is a bad actor. If you know your clown, if you understand the reality of clown, you will be a, a master balloon maker. You will be a master performer in any performance art that you decide to specialize in. Very inspiring. As we've mentioned before, we're working on an online course that is going to be very useful for balloon artists. One of the reasons why it's so interesting for balloon artists, for balloon twisters, performers, entertainers, and so on, is because we are actually researching and producing not just the, the fish rods of how to become a clown, how to understand what is a clown and what is comedy and what is funny and, and how to create funny situations around you with numbers, but we also give the people that will take the course a few fishes to enjoy. So there will be a few gags that are special for line work and a few gags that are special for restaurant work and so on. And I've been experimenting with some of the ideas and gags that Uri has been uh, researching and creating so that I can share with you the, the results are really funny. Uh, just the other day I did a line walk where I put some music while doing balloons and I started to dance and to really keep an eye connection with the crowd, with the public, with the audience. And one of the kids saw me dancing and started to dance himself. So I stopped. I acknowledged that he's doing something big. He's dancing. And then I danced in a different way. And then I stopped and the kid did the same. So for like in the middle of a line walk where people are waiting for their balloons, but everyone was so happy about this kid imitating me and I was being myself as a parent. I'm also, you know, Uh, I'm very happy when kids are dancing around me, like with my own kids. So I was really enjoying the process of making that 
הקיד, סטרנג'ר קיד את I don't know, הדאנס אין דה ליין ווק, ואת היה מאוד קומיק, ואנשים היו לאפים ואפילו קלאפים את האנד, עבור הסיטואציה, עבור ההצלחה של להביא קיד להיות כל כך מאוחר בסיטואציה שבו הוא עושה. ואתה יודע מה? אף אחד לא מתכוון. Oh, but I wanted my balloon and you're taking your time. Everyone was just happy uh, in the situation. And a lot of other ideas that uh, are going to be shared in the course are like that. They are tried and tested, really smart ideas of how you can incorporate funny into your balloon business. So, uh, and into your life, really. We've been uh, receiving a few questions, Uri, about the course. I'm going to ask you a few of the questions so that... Uh, people will know if this is right for them or not. So one person said that he's actually looking for ideas to make kids laugh, uh, kids even uh, three to seven years old. And uh, even better, if the idea is so good that the kid will want to come back to the same restaurant where they're making those balloon animals in the restaurant. So the person that shared with us this question, he has one gag that makes people laugh and happy and want to come back. But what do you think will the course be helpful for someone like that to know that he has more than only one gag that works for him in the restaurant? Uh, first of all, I would like to remind again that the balloon, I call it now that I draw your attention. The technique, the balloon is there to draw the attention, to show some technique. But the clown will happen while playing. The thing that we need to be attentive to is that we tend to fall in love with our technique. We tend to do what we know how to do where we feel safe. So it's not so much about the balloon making itself. It's more about what's going on around it. Because in the course, we learn how to build a specific character, clown character to each and every one of you. And because we're training about improvisation and playing with people, every table that you come to do a close-up balloon making, every table will be different. You'll have different people, different attitude. Some table will have only adults. Some table will have kids and adults. Some tables will be negative. Some table will be positive. Every table will be different. You'll have, you'll have different things on different tables. If you're open to improvisation, if you trained as an improvisation, uh, you will, every table will be different. You will have some gags in your sleeves, but uh, in some tables you will use those gags and in some tables you will use other gags. Some tables you will not use any gags at all because it will be only about playing with people. It will be a celebration of playing. Uh, one gag that I will share with you now that I love to do with the balloon is that I like to use them before I inflate them. I, I love to use them as a measure tape just to measure things like it's uh, it's silly it's nothing i measure nothing like there is no no actual things that i measure there is no result to the measuring but i like kids that i i let them stand i tell them to put their hands to the side and then i measure them i measure their hands i measure their nose i measure their feet i measure their parents i measure the difference the distance between different things now what i said now about measuring things it's not a specific joke but there are so many funny situations you get from measuring the head the bottom the 
different part. It's funny already. The situation is funny. If you're coming with an open mind and you start to measure the table, the cloth, the, the tie of the people, you just start to measure. Comedy is there. Comedy will happen. You just need to play with it. What I love about this gag is that it also allows you some room for improvisation because uh, for, for if you go to a table, I don't know, with someone with a cowboy hat and you measure his cowboy hat, you can later, you know, uh, talk with him about, uh, about him as a cowboy and maybe share, 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 be there with him in the situation of him being a cowboy. And that would be the funniest situation on that table. On another table, you might have a kid who is three years old and think he's huge and And uh, with the balloon, you just stretch it to measure his height and voila, you have a totally different situation and an opportunity to practice those improvisation uh, techniques. Another person said that he wants to do clowning uh, while doing balloons. That's what he wants to learn from our course. And actually, it's, it's all about not just while doing the balloons but between the balloons and before the balloons and and to be uh, to be in a place where things get complicated for you for all kinds of silly reasons and that's stopping you from doing the the balloon so it's not just about while doing the balloons themselves what do you think about that I think uh, I, I gave, you gave the example of the cowboy's hat so for example if you're making a hat for somebody It's good to make a hat for somebody who, who already got a hat because then you can take his hat off. Maybe he's bald. There is something to play with. You can try to cover his baldness with his hair. If you do it gently, if you do it with a smile, he will go with you. If you be aggressive, it might be weird. But if you just go, you'll just play. You'll be surprised how people will play with you. And then you can give back the hat to somebody else. This will be already funny. Then you make a hat To the person, you give him a hat, then you'd want to put back the hat, but he's already got a balloon hat. So you start moving things from one person to each other, changing hats with people. There is game. People would laugh. Again, the situation that I talked about now, you just made a, a balloon hat. But comedy happened because everything that happened around. And it also uh, creates, it creates a conflict because the person that took the hat probably wants a specific hat and he's getting a different hat. And so it creates kind of a conflict where uh, you're being mischievous a bit and the cowboy just wants his cowboy hat and so on. So a lot of comedy can also occur from, from the conflict as uh, you talk in the course. What do you think, uh, Uri, about business cards? Is that something that you have like uh, from your vast experience, some tip about how to give a business card in a way that is funny? Well, there's a lot of way to give business card in a funny way, but I think the most important thing about it is to be proud of it, not to be uh, apologizing about it, not to go like, yeah, here, please take my business card. No, this is, this is your business. You love it. You love your business card. You worked a lot with it and you just enjoy to give it to people. Another thing that I love to do with kids 
is to to give away silly things I, if there's a group of kids that said who did not get a souvenir from the show who didn't get a souvenir from the show you have a lot of hands up and then you give them your business cards and uh, you start to give uh, to make a drama you give to one person then you take from one kid and you give the business card to another kid and then one kid is jealous at the other kid so you give them half and half you give them half business card to this kid half business card to that kid it's funny because you gave them paper then you start to give away things that are have no no uh, importance like just pieces of paper who did not get a piece of paper you can also say who did not get a piece of paper that you cannot do anything with you will still have kids playing the game everybody will want a piece of paper please give me a piece of paper you can give away leaves you can give away sand you can give away air you can give away air everything the play is there once you start to play people will play with you so you can make a game out of giving business card you can make a game out of collecting uh, money in the hat everything is a game and once you establish that we are all playing here you will have a, a very big success and you make money and you can give business card and it will all be part of the game that that uh piece that bit uh with the business card is just gold uh it's it's really a funny bit also to tear the business card to two that's really funny some people ask all kinds of questions in the survey that uh, we did and they were like uh interested to know if uh, changing your voice like uh in a, like but in a way that feels uh, fake is that something that we encourage or not encourage uh, what do you think your point of view about about doing stuff that you know fake that's a big question it's a very important question i think as a clown you should always be paying attention that you're not becoming infantile that you're not becoming that you're not acting like a kid You should be very, very delicate about it. It's hard. It's not mathematic. It's hard for me to say. But uh, a lot of people, a voice is like the red nose for them. It's easier for them to express themselves if it's not with their own voice. For some people, it feels authentic. For other people, it feels uh, pressured and it feels like it's acting and it feels artificial. It's, again, it's hard for me to say. You need to try and to find. I think a lot of time... accent help so you don't change your voice but uh, you do change your accent you change your attitude and you push on something like when I play uh, with uh, in countries that I speak English I speak more like this I push my R a little bit and I speak like this a little bit like this something between Italian and uh, my own character and my own language and something a little bit from India because I traveled a lot from India and my then my English that is not perfect it sounds okay when my accent is a little bit weird so I think accent are very good uh, voice changing um, sometimes good sometimes forced you need to really pay attention that you're not becoming infantile one of the persons asked about practicing clowning and uh is there exercises that can actually strengthen the the clown muscles at home at work on the street and even you know that way improve birthday parties and street shows i think Uri, that's pretty much like module four where we give a lot of exercises that are 
not just good for doing um, team management events and for birthdays, but those games actually, they're good for playing with your family, they're good for playing with your friends and uh, they help you practice clowning and actually bring out the clown within you. So I think that is uh, pretty much covered. Would you like to share with us uh, some examples about games and exercises? Well, uh, as you said, uh, we can see them a lot in uh, Model 4. I'll just like to add that once you start to play games, some of the games that will uh, give you an example, they're, they're always funny. They will, be, they will always be funny. Uh, some are more clever, some are more about playing. But I think once you're playing and you're getting the use of playing, you will play everywhere you go. You will take this playful with you. If a policeman stops you, and you are a little bit funny and you have this, uh, this playful inside of you, you can get out of situation uh, when you are trying to buy something in the grocery shop. It's when, when you practice this muscle, it will always be there. You get to a situation that you don't need a specific game because it's always there. I really, when I traveled a lot in India, when I was in India, I really tried to see how far I can push this urge to play with people. I used to, wherever there used to be a Indian music, and there is always Indian music, I like to make people dance, not kids, adults, to make a party in the street. It happened to me a lot that I was dancing with a lot of Indian people just making a party uh, to make policemen. I got to tickle policemen. I, w- I used to bet with my friend if I can tickle a policeman and go and start to create a situation with him. And in the end of the situation, I would tickle a policeman and he would laugh because I would tickle him. Like, this man can put me in jail, but on the other, but because I'm playing with him, I got to the situation that I tickle him. Uh, it's there, it's free, and it's waiting for you to play. In Model 4, there are many examples, but I think now to just, it will be difficult for me to just throw an example because it's a deep, subject there is a reason there is a whole model to it but definitely i think that if you all go and try to tickle a police officer that would be really funny especially if you're not getting arrested or shot and you manage to take some pictures of yourself and send it to the balloonartistpodcast.com maybe on the balloon artist facebook group that could be really awesome someone asks about do we teach people in the course how to make props funny what do you think about that making props funny is what we call object manipulation uh, object manipulation again it's not about the object it's about how you manipulated it uh, there are many many ways to to work with object one of the ways to work with objects is when you try when you want to take them from table or from wherever you need to give them focus and just before you take it to make a little freeze and then take them if you use the object like that, you give it importancy. It feels important. If you just take it, it feels like it's not important. Once you did with the objects what you wanted to do, it's very important how you put it back and where you put it back. I really don't like it when I see clowns that are throwing the object on the floor. If they just finish to inflate a balloon and just throwing the inflator, just throw it on the floor, it always, it doesn't look good. You need to have a place for the inflator. You don't need to throw it on the floor. You need to give respect to the object. After you know how to give respect to the object, you know how to give focus to the object, you can start to play with it. And it can be any object. Um, I think one basic rule about comedy and object is to use 
a certain object, not in the way that uh, people know that it's being used. Comedy comes from surprises. If you change the role of the object, what everybody knows, this is a, a scissors and you use it to something else, there is a potential comedy in it. Some other person asks if we are going to teach on the course how to you know, write comedy into routines and stories, which is basically the numbers. But also, are we going to teach something more than just you know, hitting yourself on the head with something or acting stupid in order to make someone uh, laugh? Uh, actually, uh, now after we're, we're done filming most of the course, almost uh, most of the course, and we are filming today again, we never even talked for a minute about hitting yourself with the head or something of that sort. The, the comedy that you are teaching is a more intelligent comedy and situational comedy and not a childish comedy. Uh, what, what do you think? Well, first of all, I think hitting yourself in the head is not funny. The reaction of how you got hit in the head can make a certain situation funny. So again, the, just hitting yourself with the head is, is not necessarily funny. It needs to be to arrive in a clever way. It needs to surprise us and we need to react to it in a clever way. Um, we're building number by understanding gags. We're finding gags through playing, through improvise. We are playing and we improvise once we find a clown and we understand clown behavior so going back we understand clowning the reality of clown we create our own clown we're starting to improvise and to play around when we start to improvise and play around we fail a lot when we fail a lot we start to mark gags because then we fail a lot comic situation arrives we find solutions for those comic situation This is a gag. Then we stop playing and we're looking at the gag and we start to craft it to really make it smart, to make it clever, to understand where focus goes, to add music, to maybe add text, to write jokes. We start to create gags. Then we need to put the gags together one by one by one. They need to chain to each other. Failure, success, failure, success, focus, all those things together, putting them together, this is creating a number. So it's so much more than hitting yourself with the, in the head and acting silly. It's an art. It's a method. There is a whole method that we're learning here that the end of the method is creating a number. The beginning of the, et- of the method is understanding the reality of clowning And playing around another person asked how will he f- know how to feel natural and not feel forced in being funny and that's basically the, the number one rule of being a clown is trying to be honest so the idea is not that you will be someone else the idea is not that you will be someone else the idea is that you will find uh, within you the clown and you will be yourself um, and you will be in the moment which means you will be natural uh, so that's not easy to do it requires some practice but definitely that's what you will learn in the course um, another person asks uh, what happens if some if the audience if the public if the crowd what if they don't laugh it what I mean what if you failed uh, can you tell us your philosophy about failure 
Oh my God, I have uh, a lot to say about failure. First of all, when people say, what if I won't be funny? What, uh, you know, those fears, if you go really deep into the sphere, the, I think the source of the fear is, what will happen if I'll fail? What will happen if I'll fail? Well, you will fail. You will fail a lot. I think what I got from clowning is that now after doing uh, yeah, a lot of shows that I'm not afraid anymore about failure. I'll, I, I rather not fail. I don't like to fail, but I'm not afraid of it. I understand that it's part of the process. I understand when I fail, I feel like I'm not talented and that I'm not, not a good clown and maybe I should find a different job. I still have those feelings. I still have those thoughts. But I, in my higher self, I know that I just go through those thoughts every time I fail. So I just go like, mm, this is the time that I feel insecure. Mm, this is the time that I doubt my craft. This is the time that I become depressed from it. I still go through those motions, but I remember that I went through those motions the last time I tried to be funny. Uh, I think a good clown is a master of failing. A good clown fails a lot. And uh, what happens if, you, if you're not funny? Well, you show the public, the, you show the audience that you failed. You are being honest. You are being sincere. Then what you get is that maybe you failed being, being funny, but you gain the audience love and you gain the audience respect for being honest. And next time, you will be, it will be easier to be funny. Uh, when we make a, a competition between two clowns, uh, a lot of time we see that uh, the clown that is succeeding, yeah, maybe he got the audience uh, laughter or the audience attention, but the audience love the underdog. The audience love the person that is failing. The only thing that you need to do when you're failing is to share with the public that you're failing and then they love you. If you say a joke that it's not funny and go like, hmm, this joke is really bad, then uh, yeah, the next joke maybe, maybe will be good. If you're trying to be funny and you're not funny, just to look at the public and go like, hmm, and to raise an eyebrow like, yeah, it's not funny, you're being sincere. This is the right thing to do when you're failing. When you do a lot of clowning, you get to fail a lot and you get to live in those situations and not to run away from them, to embrace and to love your failures. Some people ask about uh, a few questions were related to memory and how do you remember the lines or how do you remember the funny bits? And I think a lot of, again, I, I did your workshop, Uri. I, I was with you during the, the shooting of the, the creation of uh, this online course that uh, we're launching new, soon. And it's never about remembering tons of lines. It's about being yourself. And it doesn't really matter if, if you're going to say one line or another, because when you are yourself, when you are naive and in the present and responsive and agreeing to you know, accept anything that is thrown at you, then funny things happen. And then the lines are not as important. But of course, there's also the topic of practicing and rehearsing and playing again and again. You know, when you practice the same bit again and again and finding like accidentally something funny, like a funny line or a funny bit, 
oh boy, you're going to remember that because you actually just did it this bit uh, 20, 30, 50, 100 times. So that new line, you're going to remember that. And I think that uh, the trick here, the, the hard part, the, the reason why uh, this course is so valuable for your life is that it helps you to understand how to improvise, how to to be yourself, how, what is uh, a good, funny situation around you. There's a lot of other questions as well, which we will answer one by one and put into like a frequently asked questions page so that all of the questions will be answered. Really, there's like so many people asked questions about the course and I'm so happy that most of the questions are related to actual modules that uh, we already shooted. Like, for example, the discussion about costumes and your tips about costumes and your tips about audience. Uh, management and how to handle a heckler uh, and and so I believe that uh, your answers my friends will be all answered um, you you should expect an email and a Facebook post on the balloon artist Facebook group about the launch of the online course all the details will be shared with you and I want to thank you Uri for helping make this world funnier place helping balloon artists all around the world feel the laughter around them uh, thank you very much i like to say one last thing really to summon it up is um, the fact that you're looking for clowning does not mean that you don't need to be professional as you can in your craft in your art you still need to be a very good balloon artist uh, you asked before, what happens if you forget a line? What happens if you forget a gag? Well, first of all, it's not so bad. If you know how to improvise, you get yourself away from it. But if you're a professional performer, you are doing a lot of rehearsals. Then the number itself, the technical number is in your subconscious will be in your subconscious, will just go automatically. Like the juggler, when he juggles, he don't think like throw, 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 throw. He's just juggle. It's in his body. It's in his subconscious. This way, the conscious is free to look for bits and pieces, to be open, to see the dog that is going into stage, to, to be able to improvise. So... Being a clown doesn't mean that you don't take your skill seriously. You must take your skill as seriously as you can and be very professional about it that, you can f that your clown can be focused in playing. Good luck and thank you very much for having me here. Thank you guys and see you next week on the Balloon Artist Podcast. Wasn't that awesome? Did you enjoy this interview? Uri Weiss is such an expert and a master on teaching comedy. He's so generous. And look how much information you got just with listening to uh, 45 minutes of Uri Weiss talking. Imagine you could see him and his teachings and watch his entire course that is going to be available for you in the beginning of June. And I will give you all the details on an email and on the Facebook group. I'm really excited about making this resource available for you guys. I think it will serve you well. And even if uh, you're not interested in investing 
money, in your professional development, in, that, in your ability to be funny and to see laughing kids around you and laughing adults, then at least I hope you got some gags out of this interview and that you will enjoy using them. I'm Zivi Kivi. I will see you again next week on the Balloon Artist Podcast. This show is sponsored by Brody's Balloons. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi. This is Season 4, Chapter 6.5, The Special with Uri Weiss. Let me share with you a tip, uh, which is actually kind of like an evolution about another tip that I shared a few chapters ago, and that was the one about the challenge game. Uh, so the challenge game was shared with you freely on Season 4, Chapter 2, and the idea was that you give a challenge to the kids they need to play and only one is going to win the challenge and then they get a balloon and every five minutes you start a new challenge and that is a very fun way to present your skills and to do whatever balloons you choose to do so i've started to experiment with a variation of the challenge game like a limited a one-time challenge okay and the one-time challenge is something that i do at the end of a birthday gig so after I did my show and did balloons to everyone, I call everyone and tell them, just before I go, I'm going to make now this one huge sculpture of balloons that will blow your mind. And one kid is going to get that balloon. One kid is going to win it in a raffles. And it's like a challenge game only with one challenge. The challenge is you need to guess you need to guess a number, which is the number that I have uh, written on a piece of paper. So it's really, it's that easy to do a challenge game because the challenges can be as easy as just ask the kids to guess a, a number. So I actually told them you need to guess. It's more than 200, less than 300. And they started to shout. And it's funny by itself because the kids will... Uh, so many times repeat the same number and I can like show a face where I'm like a little bit puzzled and confused and like no it's not 210 uh, it's still not 210 um, and then uh, <laughs> apart from that it just takes them forever to find that number, which is just enough time for me to create a, a flower blaster by Christopher Lyle, uh, just like the ones that he teaches on Clockwork Yellow, his latest uh, download, and it's amazing. And so I make my flower blaster, they guess the numbers, I finish it up, I help them to find the right number eventually and give it to one kid. And you know what? kids don't mind that only one kid won because they know they know in life they know in school they know in games there can be a situation where there's only one winner in a game and the kids understand it we adults we think that this is very very competitive and what will happen to the poor other kids no they're fine with it try it you will see the kids love it that they had an opportunity to get one more balloon they feel great about it and it's such a good marketing piece to show them what you can do, to remind them, this is the kind of things that I can bring if you book me to a 
birthday but for now here's one more thing that only one of you will get so um the challenge game variation where you're making at the end of the event one piece and allow one kid to win the balloon i hope you enjoy this tip and i will see you next week you know where in the balloon artist podcast